Hello everyone and welcome to the July 9th edition of the WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with the WorkComp Academy. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our crime report. Federal officials are charging 601 people nationwide in the largest bust of healthcare fraud in the U.S. history. Southern California prosecutors named a total of 33 defendants. Nine of them were part of Operation Spinal Cap, a scheme that was spearheaded by Michael Drobot, the former owner of the Pacific Hospital in Long Beach. In the cases announced in Operation Spinal Cap, 68-year-old Dr. Daniel Capon of Manhattan Beach, an orthopedic surgeon, is likely the most well-known in workers' compensation claims. Capon has agreed to plead guilty to conspiracy and illegal kickback charges. He accounted for approximately $142 million of Pacific Hospital's claims to insurers, on which the hospital was paid about $56 million. Also indicted was 53-year-old Dr. Timothy Hunt of Palos Verdes Estates, another orthopedic surgeon who referred spinal surgery patients to Dr. Capon and other doctors. He has agreed also to plead guilty to a conspiracy charge involving his receipt of illegal kickbacks stemming from various financial relationships with the Pacific Hospital and its related entities. 65-year-old George William Hammer of Palm Desert, the former chief financial officer of the physician management arm of Pacific Hospital, has agreed to plead guilty to tax charges based on the fraudulent classification of illegal kickbacks in hospital-related corporate tax filings. 50-year-old Laureen Papa of Tarzana, a chiropractor, has agreed also to plead guilty to a conspiracy charge involving her receipt of illegal kickbacks to refer patients to a neurosurgeon with the understanding that the neurosurgeon would perform the surgeries at the Pacific Hospital. And another orthopedic surgeon, 53-year-old Tiffany Rogers of Palos Verdes Estates, was indicted also for allegedly receiving illegal kickbacks to refer patients for spinal surgeries at the Pacific Hospital. In San Diego, the cases include Marco Antonio Chavez, a licensed medical doctor specializing in psychiatry. He was charged with 30 counts of healthcare fraud in connection with nearly a million dollars in bills he submitted to TRICARE for services he never provided. And in an unrelated indictment, a psychiatrist who practices at a Santa Ana clinic has been arrested on federal charges that allege he issued prescriptions for dangerous and addictive narcotics without a medical purpose. 56-year-old Dr. Robert Tinoco Perez of Westminster was arrested by special agents with the DEA. The 14-count indictment, indictment charges Perez with selling prescriptions to drug customers as well as to brokers who sold the drugs and split the profits with him. Perez allegedly wrote prescriptions for patients he had never met or examined, including an undercover officer. Perez and his co-conspirators allegedly created fictitious medical records to provide justification for their prescriptions. The drugs included oxycodone and hydrocodone, 
Amphetamine salts sold primarily under the brand name Adderall and Alprazolam sold under the brand name Xanax. Perez pleaded not guilty and was ordered to stand trial on August 21. But this is not his first round of legal problems. His license to practice had been placed on probation for 35 months last December due to his ill treatment of patients, family members, an Orange County judge, and a Medical Board of California investigator. Perez had additional proceedings filed against him by the Medical Board this May 2018. The new charges allege three causes of discipline, sexual exploitation, sexual misconduct, and unprofessional conduct because Perez had sex with a patient he went on to marry. The medical board also claims he failed to adhere to the terms of his December 2017 probation. He failed to complete the educational courses required by that probation. A second defendant charged in the federal criminal indictment was for William Jason Plumley, 40-year-old of Huntington Beach. It is alleged that he sold both prescriptions written by Dr. Perez and the drugs filled from his prescriptions. Plumley is already in federal custody on a previous indictment alleging that he sold methamphetamine. A pharmacy in Lakeside, California and its owners have paid $75,000 to resolve allegations that they failed to properly account for highly addictive and frequently abused opioids, including fentanyl. The settlement is with Archana Corporation and its owners, who do business as Leo's Lakeside Pharmacy. The settlement arises from a DEA investigation into Leo's Lakeside Pharmacy's opioid dispensing practices. The DA has conducted inspections and audits at pharmacies throughout the Southern District of California, and Leo's Lakeside Pharmacy was one of those pharmacies. Authorities claim that Leo's Lakeside Pharmacy violated the Controlled Substances Act based on the results of the DEA's inventory audits, inspections, and other investigative activities. Federal law subjects registered pharmacies to strict requirements regarding inventory control and record-keeping. These requirements ensure that pharmacies account for controlled substances from the time of purchase until they are dispensed to patients. The alleged violations include failure to keep accurate records associated with pharmaceuticals fentanyl, oxycodone, and hydrocodone. In addition to paying the $75,000 settlement to the government, Leo's Lakeside Pharmacy has committed to implementing new inventory control procedures to assure full accountability of all controlled substances. The Labor Commissioner's Office has issued wage theft citations to a large farm labor contracting operation for failing to timely provide seasonal farm workers their final pay. Vista Santa Rosa Incorporated did not pay 1,374 discharged workers on the last day of work as required by law, and the company consistently issued final paychecks at least 72 hours late. Both client employers and their labor suppliers are accountable for workplace labor law violations in California. An investigation was launched in 2016 after workers reported violations of late pay to the California Rural Legal Assistance, a nonprofit that provides free legal services. 
The investigation identified nearly $650,000 in waiting time penalties. Vista Santa Rosa, Inc. hires and provides farm workers to growers in the Coachella Valley region. Vista was a sole proprietorship owned and operated by Jose Luis Gomez, Jr. The California Labor Code holds client employers, those that obtain or are provided workers from a subcontractor, responsible for their subcontractor's workplace violations. In this case, eight client employers are also liable for VISTA's violations. If a worker quits, final wages are due within 72 hours of the notice. Waiting time penalties are imposed when the employer intentionally fails to pay all wages due to the employee at the time of separation. And in regulatory news, in the escalating battle over U.S. prescription drug prices, major pharmaceutical companies are scrambling to limit the economic damage from a new insurer tactic that coaxes patients away from expensive drugs. In recent years, insurers have tried to guide patients toward less expensive treatments by making them pay a higher portion of a drug's costs. Drug makers responded by dramatically raising the financial aid they offer in the form of copay assistance cards, which is similar to a debit card that reduced what consumers need to pay when they place their pharmacy order. Express Scripts and CVS Health manage prescription drug coverage for large U.S. employers and say these payments shield consumers from drug costs, making it easier for manufacturers to raise those prices. This year, Express Scripts and others introduced a new copay accumulator approach for its corporate customers. The programs prevent copay card funds from counting toward a patient's required out-of-pocket spending before insurance kicks in on expensive specialty drugs. So in response, drug makers are working on ways to counter copay accumulator programs, fearing that more employer health plans will adopt them in 2019. They include new payment options to evade detection by the pharmacy benefits managers, so that a patient still benefits from the financial aid. Drug makers are also taking a tougher stance when negotiating prices or new discounts for payers. A survey by the National Business Group on Health, which represents large corporate employers, showed that 17% of their respondents said they were currently using a copay accumulator program. Another 18% of respondents are considering using one next year or in 2020. Savings can be substantial for employers when accumulators coax patients to switch to a drug for which they receive the highest rebate. The California Insurance Commissioner has issued an order that every insurer licensed to write workers' compensation insurance in the state of California must report their federal income tax savings as a result of the new tax law annually. The recent revision to the federal tax schedule for 2018 reduced the corporate tax rate from 35 to 21 percent. The insurance commissioner says that nationally insurers will now be able to retain even more of policyholder premiums as profit. He is referring to the tax jobs and 
Cuts Act of 2017 signed into law by President Trump last December. The insurance commissioner claims that any savings to insurers should be passed along to California businesses. Thus, Jones's order will require each insurer to submit a rate filing to report the dollar amount of their tax savings by the end of this year and then on a yearly basis through 2020. Insurers will need to provide details about how those savings impact their rates. The insurer must also provide a detailed explanation if they have determined that there is no rate impact, stating why the reduction in the federal corporate tax rate does not affect their rates. The order is broadly written to include tax savings from earnings having nothing to do with workers' compensation lines of insurance in California. It pertains to profits from any line of insurance or any business enterprise of an insurance company as though that would pertain to setting a premium for workers' compensation insurance risk in the California marketplace. Nonetheless, Commissioner Jones maintains that this order will allow his department to examine workers' compensation insurers' savings and rates to provide transparency to the public. He urges insurers to pass these savings along to policyholders. But he can only urge because Jones has no rate-making authority over workers' compensation insurance pricing in California. Thus, it would seem that the outcome of this study would lead to no particular regulatory action other than transparency, which is already available for most insurance companies that are publicly held. All publicly held corporations are required to file regular certified financial statements with the Securities and Exchange Commission that provide detailed financial and tax information. The commissioner and the public can review this historical and current information at any time. Eighty-year-old Juan Pedro Gaffney of Sebastopol has been appointed to the California Workers' Compensation Appeals Board by Governor Brown. Gaffney has been a member of the California Alcoholic Beverage Control Appeals Board since 2017 and director at Coro Hispano de San Francisco since 1975. He was director of Hispanic liturgy at Mission Dolores from 1993 to 2008 and was the first artist in residence at the Yerba Buena Center for the Arts. Gaffney was an associate professor of philosophy at St. Joseph's College and a lecturer at St. Mary's College from 1972 to 1996. Gaffney is a vice president of the Instituto Pro Musica de California. He has been researching, editing, teaching, and performing the choral music of Latin America, Spain, and Portugal for the past 35 years. He received early choral training from local maestros Herbert Bergman, Leonard Fitzpatrick, Richard Irvin Purvis, Sergei Konstanov, and Waldmar Jacobson. Later, he earned advanced degrees in music from the University of California at Berkeley and Stanford University. In 1975, he founded the Coro Hispano de San Francisco and Conjunto Nuevo Mundo and conjointly the Instituto Pro Musica's Musicological Research Program, through which he was transcribed and or edited more than 100 works by New World Renaissance and Baroque Masters. 
Maestro Gaffney also serves as Director of Hispanic Liturgy at the Basilica of Mission San Francisco de Assis. But he does not have any background in workers' compensation, and he is not an attorney. This position requires Senate confirmation, and the compensation is $147,778 a year. And Mr. Gaffney is a Democrat. And in medical news, an artificial intelligence system scored 2-0 to zero <clears throat> against elite human physicians in two rounds of competitions in diagnosing brain tumors and predicting hematoma expansion. The BioMind AI system developed by the Artificial Intelligence Research Center for Neurological Disorders at the Beijing Tiantan Hospital made correct diagnoses in 87% of 225 cases in about 15 minutes, while a team of 15 senior doctors only achieved 66% accuracy. The AI also gave correct predictions in 83% of brain hematoma expansion cases, outperforming the 63% accuracy among a group of physicians from renowned hospitals across the country. The outcomes for human physicians were quite normal and even better than the average accuracy in ordinary hospitals, but the artificial intelligence was just better. To train the AI, developers fed it tens of thousands of images of nervous system-related diseases that the Tiantan Hospital has achieved over the past 10 years. This made it capable of diagnosing common neurological diseases such as meningioma and glioma with an accuracy rate of over 90% comparable to that of a senior doctor. All the cases were real and contributed by the hospital, but never used as a training material for the AI. A former president of the European Society of Radiology and another member of the jury also agreed that AI will not replace doctors, but will instead function similar to how a GPS does for drivers. A representative of the World Health Organization in China said AI is an exciting tool for healthcare but still in the primitive stages. China has introduced a series of plans in developing AI applications in recent years. In 2017, the State Council issued a development plan on the new generation of artificial intelligence, and the Ministry of Industry and Information Technology also issued the three-year action plan for promoting the development of a new generation of artificial intelligence. The action plan proposed developing medical image-assisted diagnostic systems to support medicine in various fields. And that is all of our news and events for this short week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, or Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. And we also publish a daily flash briefing on the Amazon Alexa Echo platform. Search for Workers' Compensation News on the Amazon website. Again, I'm Renee Fols, an attorney with Floyd Scarin, Manukian, Langeman. Thanks for joining us today. Please drop by again next week for more news. <laughs>